Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It. My name is Savannah. I am your host. I do film reviews and film industry commentary. And happy December 1st, y'all. We're like, what, 30, 31 days away from the end of the year? That's insane. And I have a lot of recapping to do. I have to go through all of the movies that I have seen this year, and it's been quite a bit. We crossed 90 earlier this week. That includes movies I've seen in theaters and streaming. Obviously, most of these movies have been in theaters. I am not good at sitting at home and watching a movie for the first time fresh in my bed. I can't do it. I struggle. And I struggled over Thanksgiving break. I watched three movies streaming and it it was a struggle, but I did it. I did it. I'm proud of myself, but we're not talking about any of those movies. We're talking about the movie that I saw last night, The Shift. I've had a lot of people ask me, are you going to see it? 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 Of course I'm going to see it. Like I I try to see as many, many movies that come out as possible. There are quite a few coming out in the month of December, but December is a very difficult month for movies, at least for me, because so many are limited release. You know, I don't live in LA. I don't live in New York. I live in New Orleans. So it's like hit or miss whether or not we get these, you know, limited release movies. But The Shift is not a limited release. It is a Christian film from Angel Studios. If you remember, this is the studio that won the big prize Sound of Freedom was originally like a 20th century or a searchlight, a Latino wing. I can't remember which one of one of those um, subsidiaries that was then bought by Disney and Disney shelved the product, the project. So Angel Studios crowdfunded, raised the money, bought the rights, distributed it and made buku money which is such a slap in the face to Disney who is just losing money. They're losing money on Wish, they're losing money on the Marvels, and yet The Sound of Freedom on like a $12.5 million budget cleaned house, absolutely cleaned house. And considering that the money, a lot of the money that was spent to market and distribute it is crowdfunded, it's money that's been raised, that makes a difference when it comes to getting that money back. It really just goes straight into their pockets because so much of that money was donated. But Sound of Freedom, not Sound of Freedom, Angel Studios has a movie that came out this week called The Shift, loosely based on the book of Job. I saw it last night. So let's talk about it. 
This is The Shift. This is a Christian sci-fi thriller. A lot of, you know, interesting genres thrown into the mix. You could probably add a bit of romance in there as well. So what is this movie? So this was directed by Brock Heasley. This is his directorial debut. It stars Neil McDonough, Christopher Polaha, Elizabeth Tabish. If you recognize her name, she's Mary Magdalene in the television show The Chosen. Rose Reed, Sean Astin. We all know Sean, right? From the Goonies. Precious. Love him. Paras Patel. Also from The Chosen, he plays Matthew. Jason Marsden, Emily Rose, John Billingsley. I saw John Billingsley and I got a little uncomfortable. And that's not his fault. That's me. I watch way too much Criminal Minds and he's in an episode of Criminal Minds. That's where I know him from. And now I'm kind of forcing myself to have to watch other stuff with him in it so that I can kind of erase that from my memory. But um, yeah, he was a creeper in that show. But seeing him here, it's in a different light, in a different way. Interesting enough. Also, Kevin Lawson, if you're on TikTok or Instagram, then you probably recognize his name. He's a kind of popular Christian TikTok influencer. Him and his daughter make a lot of content together. They're adorable. She's sassy. He's a good dad. Um, And he's in this movie for like a hot second. He plays one of the kind of guards and you see him unmasked. And I knew he was promoting the film. I didn't realize he was in it. And then I was like, hold up. That's Kevin. I know Kevin. We're mutuals on TikTok. That's my friend. Okay, go friend. Go best friend. You go. So happy for him. So that was cool to see his face. I didn't realize he was an actor actor. Like you go, sir. You go. And you have a lot of these Christian um production companies and distributors like willing to give people opportunities. And I think that's amazing. So this movie is loosely based on the book of Job. If you're not f- familiar with the book of Job, it's a beautiful book, depressing, um, of course, but beautiful. It's straight poetry in a sense. You have a bit of a prologue and um, an introduction, so to speak. You know, you have this conversation between God and Satan and God, bas- Satan basically saying, you know, your people only worship you or praise you because you give them things. You know, once you stop providing for them or doing for them, once their life goes to, you know, S-H-I-T, um, they're going to stop praising you. And he's like, well, have you considered my servant Job? Job's blameless. And he, fast forwarding through it all, basically says, do whatever you want with him, but don't take his life. You know, I'm I'm taking away my hedge of protection, so to speak. And he does, um, ruins his livelihood, business, his marriage, um, all of his children die, he gets ill, sick. It this his life is awful. And he's just, you know, groaning in pain, and he is just not understanding what's happening to him, yet he continues to praise the Lord. He has three friends. I can't remember their names. Even if I could, I probably can't pronounce them who come through and try to convince him to um, curse God in a sense. And he won't do it. He's still groaning out in pain. Like, why me? What have I done? Have I done something to offend you? Like, tell me what I've done so I can correct it in a sense. But we get to the end of the Job and, you know, Job, and God have a conversation. And then Job kind of, not Job, God restores his life. He doesn't give him back his wife and his children, but he allows, gives him an opportunity to create something new. So a new business, new wife, new kids. Um, beautiful, right? It's it's very confusing a bit because again, it's straight poetry. And thank God for Bibles that have, you know, subtitles to let you know who's talking and who's not. But, and it's a big book. So 40 something chapters last time I checked. Big book, a lot happening, and it it can be a little confusing. It's very depressing. It's pressing. 
And what I liked about this movie is they were able to take this very depressing, very large, very confusing book of the Bible and make it simple and make it plain. I've read the book of Job once or twice. I actually went through it recently right before this movie just so I could get a handle on the story. And I'm so glad I did. And I'm going to get to that in a minute. But I thought this movie does a great job of being a visual aid for the book of Job. Because again, the book can be a bit confusing and it's daunting. It's heavy. It's very heavy. And I think this brings a modern context to the book of Job that helps us living in this modern time understand it better by giving us a Job that in a sense looks like us, quote unquote, walks like us, lives like us, and is going about his life the same way we are. You know, I think that helps when we're able to kind of see things in a modern context, yet the truth is still the same. It does not change. It just helps. So I think this movie does a great job of bringing context where there is oftentimes confusion when reading the Bible. Because there is. Let's let's be real here. Sometimes reading the Bible can be confusing. It's hard to understand, especially when you're living in the year 2023 and you're trying to understand things from the context of that time, but you're living here. It's difficult to kind of step out, out of your normal and put your, you know, your brain in the perspective of something completely unfamiliar to you. This movie flips that and is able to take this ancient biblical concept and make it modern so that we can understand it and engage with it. The story of Job is just beautiful and it's heartbreaking and obviously tragic. This man who loses everything, he's done nothing wrong other than be present, other than be blameless. But yet, he doesn't know why. And I think that's the tragic part for Job. And I think that's a part of Job that we can relate to is that when bad things are happening to us, it seems like we've done nothing wrong. We're trying to do the right thing. Everything seems to be falling apart and we don't understand why. Job doesn't know why. Job was not was not in on the conversation with God about why his life was falling apart. He had no idea why the th- those things were happening to him. Instead, he just goes with it. He He continues to have hope, continues to praise the Lord, continues to love others. That's what this movie essentially is about. We have this man named Kevin, and we start off with Kevin going through a financial crisis. He's kind of a hedge fund man, hedge fund manager. Something's happening with the stock. Don't ask me. I don't understand the stock market, but things crash. People lose their jobs. And he is just on the edge of throwing everything away until he meets Molly. Molly, you know, talks to him on a dare. They begin a relationship. They get married. They have a child. It seems they lose this child. and. Now we're forwarding, you know, fast forwarding several years. He's working a menial job because, you know, his name is not great considering what happened. And he's just not loving life. His marriage seems to be on the rocks. They seem to be distant. They're not communicating. And he gets sent home early from his job. And he says, hey, how about you go home early? Because he missed a morning meeting. Like, Clearly, this man is going through it, like have some compassion, but I digress. So he's driving through traffic on his way home, gets in this freak car accident, and this man rescues him, pulls him off to the side, fixes him up, cleans him up, tapes up his wounds. Like, where'd you get a first aid kit, sir? But he's like, oh, I have a kit handy. Like, okay, that's not normal or not. I don't know. And it turns out this guy is not a good guy. That's where Neil McDonough comes in, and he plays a man named the Benefactor. That's what he calls himself. But We know who this is. This is Satan. This is the devil. And offers him a chance to be 
an employee of sorts. So when Kevin, our protagonist here, you know, kind of sort of comes to, stands up and goes back to the street to find his car. His car is gone. The streets are empty. No one is around. It's like, what's happening? And he's like, there wasn't in the benefactors basically gaslighting him. Like, there was no car accident. That never happened. That didn't happen here. So it looks like this benefactor has the ability to shift people, to move them between realities. And he explains to him as best as he can, you know, only so much you can understand with head trauma, that there are multiple realities happening all at the same time. And there are multiple yous and multiple, you know, versions of your loved ones. And you are all doing different things, making different decisions. And it's those one, that one decision that changes everything. And he said, you know, he's been and met different Kevins and they all take up his offer, but this Kevin refuses and ends up praying the devil away. Kind of cheesy, but it was actually a nice, I think, beautiful scene. It's a I think anyone that's not Christian would find the scene cheesy, but I think if you are a Christian, I think it's a good visual of what the power of prayer can look like in a metaphorical sense. So Kevin has been in this horrible car accident, or so he thought. He's stuck in this you know, restaurant with all these people who have been shifted around, and they're clearly afraid of this man. The fear is palpable, and the tension is high. And he prays the devil away. And now he's stuck in this reality that's not his own. Five years have gone past and he's still trying to figure out how to get out of this world and get back to his wife. He's lost everything in a sense. He, you know, lost his career. He lost his wife. He lost his child. He lost his money. He Now his health is not doing so good, but he does have scripture. Where he's living now, scripture is outlawed. It's not allowed. Prayer is not allowed. His infamous praying the devil away scene was caught on, you know, CCTV. And it's, you know, how could this happen? Because the benefactor in this reality is king. You know, he's the good guy. But we get a glimpse of what the world looks like when the devil is king. It's a little scary. So, Kevin is kind of living, you know, in the shadows because everyone knows him as the Kevin who refused, you know, the Kevin who didn't take up the offer. This is the one Kevin that said, no, I'm going to choose not to go along with you. So he's kind of hiding out, disguising himself as best he can, but he has to live in this world. So he finds work where he can, food where he can, money where he can. But he has a typewriter in this little hotel makeshift apartment. And every day he writes down as much scripture as he can remember. And he gives it to his friend, Gabriel, whom he works with. This is Sean Astin, our Goonie. And you know, this this is outlaw. They're not supposed to be sharing scripture. They're not supposed to be sharing hope. Obviously, the devil wants to reign and rule and be king, and he doesn't want there to be any mention or even a glimpse of God anywhere. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. 
tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I think that's a good enough synopsis. I don't want to give you like the whole movie. I, I think that's pretty good as far as what this movie is about. Now, now, how is the movie? I think that's the question. I think from a Christian standpoint, we'll get back to that. The movie itself. Now, keep in mind, this is this man's directorial debut. You have a lot of directorial debuts this year. Some have been stellar. Some have been a little rocky. Some have been a little rough. This, I think, is the hallmark of a man who knows what he's doing, but hasn't quite figured out the craft. He's still learning it. He's still figuring it out. It's 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 interesting. He knows the um the textbook. He knows the the technique. He just hasn't figured out how to quite work the technique. He understands how to write a story. He just hasn't figured out how to fill in the gaps. There is definite potential in this director. I'm an- anxious to see what more he does. And given Angel Studios' reputation, I think there is more work that he can do with them in the future. The movie's a little clumsy, a little clunky. There are parts of it within the lore of the shifting and, you know, the sci-fi multiverse thing that don't quite make sense. Um, I had a lot of questions that just didn't get answered. So, yeah, it's clunky. It's a little clumsy. It moves well, oddly enough. We were like an hour in and I was very shocked. I thought we'd only been watching for 30 minutes, but not. We've been watching for an hour. And... Yeah, I think that's it. That's the biggest issue here is it's a little clumsy, a little clunky. You have your normal Christian cheesiness thrown in there because sometimes the way they mention God in the movie, it's just not normal conversation. It's not quite natural. That wouldn't happen outside of like a church setting. That's not normal or outside of like a fellowship of Christians. So it, it seems odd and it's weird. Typical Christian movie, but this is a Christian film, so it has to be there. But yeah, that's my only real issue here. It's it's clunky. It's a little clumsy. Now, in terms of this being a proper Christian film, I talked a little bit about this throughout the year, different Christian movies. Something that I'm really happy to be seeing is this return to authenticity with respect to Christian movies. So many Christian movies, when they come out, they're just so heartwarming and comforting and they're so sweet and not realistic. They don't portray Christians in a normal or real light. Instead, they portray Christians the way Christians want to be seen. And it's just... 
the movies just end up not being good because you are so focused on making sure you get your message across that you sacrifice quality. You sacrifice good acting. You sacrifice good writing. You sacrifice um, good cinematography. But we're seeing a lot of Christian movies that say, nope, we're going to do quality and we're going to give you a good message at the same time. We're not going to try to shove Jesus in your face. Instead, we're going to just hand you Jesus on a platter and let you eat at your own pace. Does that make sense? I'm starting to see that from different Christian movies where instead of shoving it in your face, they're just serving it to you on a platter and letting you pick around and figure out what you want to eat first. So you had Jesus Revolution at the beginning of the year that, again, we're getting an authentic look into what that journey to Jesus looks like and how rough and rocky it can be, how sometimes Christian people aren't always the best people. We had Nefarious, another, you know, sci-fi Christian thriller. I love that. That was cool. And what else came out? We have Sound of Freedom, which I don't think was initially billed as a Christian film, but it is what it is. You had The Hill that came out with Dennis Quaid. I don't remember much about that one. It's It was largely forgettable, but it kind of rode the same train of, you know, cute, heartwarming Christian movie. Then you had The Blind, the Phil Robertson story, you know, Duck Commander and all that jazz. And we have this story about a man who was an adulterer, an alcoholic, a bit abusive, um, and what his journey to Jesus was like. What I loved about his coming to Christ is that it was so ordinary. So many of us, when we come to Christ, it's such an ordinary moment. It's not big fanfare with lights and halos and, you know, us falling to our knees and looking at the sky and just crying and like, oh my gosh, Jesus. Sometimes it's just a prayer. It's just a moment between two people. I came to Christ in a dark living room. I didn't even know I came to Christ until somebody explained to me later that what I prayed was me surrendering my life. I was like, ah, all right, let's go. So sometimes it's these ordinary moments that are just so organic that you don't realize what's happening until after it's happened. And so I really appreciated the blind for just being honest in that respect. And then you have the shift, which shows this man struggling and, you know, falling down and his health isn't so good. We're seeing a man who's obviously devoted his life to the Lord and yet life sucks. And yet in the middle of it, he's still choosing to pray. So I feel like this movie is more of an example to follow instead of a story to just enjoy. Does that make sense? So I I think this movie does a good job of communicating the Bible without actually giving us the Bible. It's just a little clumsy, a little clunky. It moves a little weird. You know, the story doesn't always make sense. In parts, it's a little dry. But the acting, I thought, was solid. Neil McDonough is the benefactor. You know, good-looking man, handsome, right? The perfect person to play the devil. Because I said this on TikTok. I mean, who would be tempted by an ugly devil? Nobody. Absolutely not. Hello, I'm I'm a woman. A good-looking man, if he's good-looking enough, can get me to do the stupidest things. I'm just going to be real with you. That's just how it goes sometimes. When I'm just feeling, when I feel like being a little destructive. Nothing too crazy. But just like, you know what? I just want to make one bad decision. Just once. Just just let me do something stupid and just regret it for a moment. But nothing that's going to make, make me live in regret for the rest of my life. But no one's going to be tempted by an ugly devil. So we have Neil McDonough, who's very handsome, very suave, very smooth, put together. Those piercing blue eyes. You can't help but look him in the eye. And that's, you know, problematic because this is the devil. And we're going toe-to-toe, literally toe-to-toe with him. We spend a lot of time in frames looking him in the eye. He gives such a great performance. He's such a good actor. He's solid. 
And um, he's had a bit of a struggle in Hollywood because he decides he wants to not just live by his faith, but work by his faith, which Hollywood doesn't always, you know, accommodate. But hey, here he is, and he's always played a really good villain. I, I really enjoyed him in this role. I think he's the standout here. You have a couple of people who do such a great job. Our Kevin Christopher Christopher Paloha, I think, does a really good job. Elizabeth Tabish, she's her role is kind of minor, but she has the um, purpose of playing the heart of the movie and kind of the goal, the soul of it all. She's the reason. And she gives us a reason to want to reconnect with her, if that makes sense. We have Sean Astin, who is our Goonie. Um, his character takes a bit of a plot twist. And I, I love the way they did it because they named him Gabriel. His name is Gabriel in the movie. And I think once we hear the name Gabriel, we automatically think he's friendly. I, th- I don't know if you're not Christian, maybe not. But if you are Christian, if you hear the name Gabriel, you're automatically going to think, oh, he's friendly. Well, he has a bit of a plot twist. I'm not going to spoil it for you. So yeah, that was just my thoughts on the movie as a whole. But I think just speaking from a Christian perspective, it's a solid attempt to give us the Christian entertainment that many of us have been begging for. I think there's more potential in this director, more potential for him as a director and a writer because he did write this movie as well. I look forward to seeing what comes next from him. I think he just needs a little more practice, but he knows what he's doing. He's just clumsy with it right now. I think once he learns to walk in a straight line, it's game over. It's game over. All right, parental units, this is the part of the podcast where I answer your most burning question. Is this movie appropriate for my child? Now, given that this is about the book of Job, I think you have to ask yourself as a parent, is your child mature enough for the book of Job to understand what's happening? Just this idea of why do good people suffer? And, you know, where is God in the midst of suffering? Stuff like that. So those are the things you need to think about when you take your kid to see this movie, because this is the book of Job, right? Now, in terms of what's appropriate and what's not, I think this movie does a good job of telling and not showing. Now there is, you know, people getting shot, there's blood and whatnot. Uh, a car accident and you know there is violence but it's not grotesque it's not gory very mild i think something you would expect from a thriller or a sci-fi movie but it's definitely a film geared towards grown-ups if that makes sense i think your kid will be fine if your child is like 12 and over definitely if your child's any younger than that um, do a little bit more research, you know, definitely check the maturity level of your kid. But other than that, I think your child will be just fine. I hope that helps. Want to advertise on this podcast? Check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode. Thank you for listening to me rant and rave about yet another movie. So that was The Shift, directed by Brock Heasley. Just to sum it up, I thought it's thought it was a little clunky, a little clumsy, 
but it's a good biblical visual aid. I enjoyed the story for the most part. Some of it was just a little confusing and great acting from Neil McDonough. So what's coming up? I don't know. I have no idea what's coming up. I know nothing. I'm a little nervous by how much I do not know. So this is what I can tell you. This month sucks. I think I mentioned this earlier, how this is, you know, Oscar season. So you have a lot of limited releases coming out, which means these movies are really just showing places for eligibility's sake. A lot of them won't wide release until the end of the month or sometime January, which is so frustrating. I remember it it took me forever, too freaking long to watch um, women talking. It was like the end of January when I finally got to see it. I managed to see The Whale before 2021 ended or 2022 ended. It was my last movie of 2022. So, ugh, it's annoying. So I have no idea what's happening. This is what I do know. I know that Eileen is showing at a local theater here next week. And so is Maestro. Now, Maestro is going to be premiering on, not premiering, I should say, but yeah, premiering on Netflix. I think the week after next, I don't want to watch it on Netflix. I want to watch it in theaters and I've never been to this theater. So there is a Friday showing for that and I might go, but I have no idea what I'm going to be seeing next week or what I'm going to be doing a podcast on. I have no idea. Um, I know I'm seeing an AMC screen unseen, not this coming Monday, but the next. The Golden Globe nominations also come out on that Monday. I am seeing Wonka in two weeks. I already have my ticket for that. I'm seeing Iron Claw the week after. I have a ticket for the color purple, but whether or not I actually see the color purple on the day in which I bought the ticket depends on where I'm at for Christmas. I haven't decided if I'm staying here or if I'm going home. Haven't made that, haven't finalized that decision. But as far as what's happening next week, no idea. No idea. I'm hoping something in the showtime somewhere changes or whatever. There are some other movies that I can see that came out this week. There's Silent Night, Godzilla Minus One. I don't know if I want to see it. I'm not a big fan of subtitles. Um, Somebody's like, oh, you can't watch a movie and, you know, read subtitles at the same time. No, no, I can't. No, I can't even watch a brand new movie in my house. I have to go to the theater. You think I can, you know... do subtitles no I can't I can't I'm not I'm not one of those some of y'all are good at that I am not I am not I don't like subtitles I don't even like closed captions I I don't want to it's one thing when you're watching a regular movie in English and then someone's speaking another language and then you have subtitles that to me is cool normal I don't even think about it but when the entire movie is in another language and I'm having to read and listen at the same time it's so frustrating I'd rather watch it dubbed I'd rather watch it dubbed which is weird because, you know, their mouths are moving and different words are coming out. But that's neither here nor there. Oh, I just wish I had a more of a plan for next week and I don't and it's frustrating. But hey, once I figure it out, you'll be the first to know. So let me know what movies did you watch over your Thanksgiving break? I watched quite a few. So I would love to know what you watched, what you enjoyed, what you didn't. Let me know if you've seen The Shift or if you're planning to see it and what your thoughts are. I'd love to hear from you and see what you got out of it and um, how it connected with you. That'd be nice to hear. But in the meantime, thank you for your time, your attention, your support. And I will see you whenever next time is. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.